Hello and welcome to Journeys in Grace. My name is Pastor Eric Hubbard. We want to thank you for this time in the in the in the Word and a time that we can study the Word of God and search out things as we seek to know Him and better form our relationship with God. Because I believe that's why Jesus came. Jesus said in the Word, He said, "Lo, I have come in the volume of the book. It is written of me." But he also said that I have come that you might have life and you may have it more abundantly. And in speaking that, I believe most of all, more than, than going to church, more than uh, whatever, we, whatever the things that we do, is more about our relationship with God. I believe that's why he came. He came so that we would have a relationship, so that we could fellowship with him. And I just thank you for being with us today as we go today into uh, the book of Isaiah chapter 54. We're going to talk about uh, our God, the Restorer and the Redeemer. Our Restorer and our Redeemer. So first, just want to give you a couple ways to reach out to us. One, you can mail us at Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia 30061, or you may... Uh, email us at pastoreric523 at gmail.com. That's pastoreric523 at gmail.com. So again, let's go now to uh, the book of Isaiah. And again, we're going to talk about uh, Christ the Redeemer, Christ our Restorer. And when we talk about him as being um, our Redeemer, there are many old, there are many um, uh, names that the Hebrews and the, and the Jews gave Jesus in the Old Testament. And when I'm talking about Jesus, I'm talking about the all-encompassing God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. For that's what Jesus came to demonstrate. He came to demonstrate God in the flesh. He demonstrated him. We saw the Holy Spirit working through Jesus when he healed the sick and raised the dead. We saw God, him doing things that when he declared that I am, and the Jews sought to, uh, they sought to kill him. They sought to push him off the cliff. They wanted to stone him because he declared himself as God. And then Jesus walked, went to him and said, did not he declare that ye are gods? And that's over in the book of Psalms uh, 82.6. So Jesus himself declared himself as being God. And when he was saying that, he said, I and my father are one. You cannot separate God from Christ. And you cannot separate the Holy Spirit from, from Christ. They're all three in one, but yet all three separate. Again, not here to uh, establish a doctrine. I'm just, I'm just speaking what the Word of God says. That the Bible says in Colossians, He is God manifested fested in the flesh. When you saw God, when we saw Jesus walking for those 33 plus years in the earth, we see Him as healer, redeemer, uh, God. Uh, uh, him speaking the Holy Spirit and he declared, he told him to receive the Holy Spirit before the Holy Spirit was manifest to all. He, he, he breathed upon the disciples. He gave them gifts before they were uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit and they went out and they said the demons are subject to us. Why? Because of the name of Jesus. So when we speak of that redemptive name, that name that will rebuild your life, that will restore those things that were uh, that's been destroyed. Those things that have been burned, seemingly burned down. Jesus has the ability 
through the working of the Holy Spirit to rebuild your marriage, to rebuild your family, to rebuild your relationships, to rebuild your reputation. He has the ability. When he says in the word, behold, old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. Meaning, I'm going to do a work on your inside man. And that old reputation, that old man, that old woman that you used to be, the things that you used to do, he can take the taste out and restore you to that place and restore you to a place of wholeness in body, soul, and spirit. Because your spirit man, he's already ready. Your spirit man right now is ready for heaven. He's, Jesus is working on what was being worked on is just soulish man, our, where our mind, will, and emotion is. And this is where the Father, as we walk this earth, as we continually know, and he reveals to us things that we need to uh, submit to him, submit to his grace in. And that's my whole purpose is to preach grace to you. And know every, every subject that I, that I, uh, that I bring to you and everything that we, I study, I always want to point you back to grace. Although it may, well, today we're talking about it, reading out of Isaiah 54, although it may, uh, uh, grace was given to, to, um, to Abraham in the Old Testament. He obtained grace. If you look upon the life of uh, Abraham, look upon the life of David, the Bible says that we shall have that that uh, that mercy, that uh, that mercy, that love that God revealed. He said the sure mercies of David were revealed. Mercy was filled. That's a form of grace. That's the form of grace. Mercy is in grace when God looked beyond our faults and He sees the need and said, "You need help." It's not that we find Him, but He is discovered by us. Because he reveals himself to us. And this is what we're going to read about again in the book of Isaiah 54. Talking about Christ, the restorer, the redeemer for us. So first let's do a little, just a little word story here on redeemer. To be redeemed means to be rescued. Uh, I know we've all seen the movies on television uh, uh, where the hero or the heroine uh, goes and rescues the city or uh, pulls the the uh, the victim out of the burning car or lift up the lifts lifts it up and pulls the person uh, out of the uh, sinking ship or whatever the case may be goes in and defeats the enemy and and if one person brings out uh, that person that child that woman that group of people and they all oh, they praise him well I'm gonna tell you all of that is fantasy but what Christ has done can do and will do for you if you only believe he will he will all he will show himself as the true redeemer the true restorer that one can that can rescue that one can recover and recover means to go back and when i talk about recovery i'm speaking more now of uh of of restoring to where you know we all have all they're all kind of uh uh, restoration shows on television now where they go into this old dilapidated beat down house where somebody where you would say, man, who would want to live in that? But the builder or the uh, restorer, they look at it. You know, the, the, the floors are rotten, termites have eaten out the eating at the foundation, the bricks of uh, the porches, you know, just don't just to even look at it from the outside. Is it why don't you tear it down? But they have a vision of it and say, if I can get in and put my hands on it or 
uh, the television shows where we see those where they, they go to get their junk cars and you look at it and you say, man, why would you want to restore that? But they see the value in it. And this is what Jesus is seeing within all of us today. He sees the value in you. See, the value in you. God has never made a piece of junk. He's never made uh, a worthless person. Everybody has value. You have value. But what we have to do is to see the value that God has placed within each of us. He's put it in you. And if you're a believer today, or whether you are not, whether you, you may have never known Christ, you missed just a stumble upon this broadcast, and I don't believe you stumbled upon it, but God has, has directed you to it, to it that you have value. And by allowing him to become that restorer, to become that redeemer, and if you can think of redemption, you can think about the pawn shop. That's one thing that we all can, uh, well, most people have, have uh, if you hadn't been into one and pawned anything and then after a time if it's of value to you you go back in and you pay the price to redeem it that's what Jesus can do and has done for all of us he's already paid the price he's not waiting to pay the price for you he said well God I'm worth nothing yes you were you are worth the blood that he shed you are worth the, the, the life that he gave for you you are priceless. Your soul, your time on this earth that you have is priceless to God. It's, you, there is not enough money. There's not enough gold that can pray for what Jesus gave for you. He went into the pawn shop of hell and paid the price. He redeemed us from what Adam, Adam took us and he pawned us. He pawned us for something that he already had. If you go to Genesis, uh, Genesis third chapter, you will see where Adam and Eve for a piece of fruit and for empty words, the Satan said, oh, you know, God knows it. You'll be like him. Did he say, did God say, and he questioned God. But what they should have, what Adam should have said was Satan, get out. I trust God more than I trust you. And this is what God is asking us to do. Jesus said, trust me. When they ask him, say, Lord, we see all these miracles that you're working. We see all this. When you speak, demons come out. They scream and they come out. Blind eyes are open. All of these things he's given to us. How did he do it? He redeemed us by shedding his blood and defeating death, hell, and the grave. And he had to get up. If he did not, if Jesus did not rise from the dead, then everything we believe is a lie. Because Jesus told his disciples, in three days, you destroyed this temple and I will raise it up again. He told Pilate, no man takes my life. He said, I lay it down. Let's read. I'm, I'm out ahead of, me, ahead of myself here. But I just want to lay this foundation that this is what we'll be talking about over the next few lessons about God, Christ the Redeemer. God in Christ. Our Redeemer. Our Restorer. That whatever you've lost, give it to him. Say, Lord, only you can handle this. You can put this relationship back together. You, Lord God, you can, 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 can redeem my finances, Lord, and get me from below zero. Some of us, when we started out, not only would we not have anything, we were below anything. In other words, to get to zero, we had to get money. How much time? Prime example, when I came over to Atlanta with my little $125 and uh, 
thinking I had a little steak. And what I mean by steak is S-T-A-K-E, which, which is a, uh, uh old phrase that the Native Indian would, Indians would use. They would put a stake in the ground. And what they would do would be, if the enemy was chasing them, they would run so far until they say, you know what? I can't run anymore. They would tie a, 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 uh, a rope around their ankle. And they would tie the other rope, then tie the other end to a stake, and they would drive it in the ground and say, then this would meaning, this is as far as I'm going. I'm not running anymore. This is what God is asking many of us to do, many of you to do. Where are you going to put down your stake? Aren't you tired of running? Everybody else thinks you've got it all together. They see you from the outside. But I'm talking about that inside man that's tormented. That can't sleep at night. That woman who's, 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 you know, they see the beauty on the outside. But until you submit to him, and it's only saying, Jesus, help. Help me, Lord. And allow him to build you, restore you. He can make you better than new. Just like I was talking about those cars that, that we see, the, they, they take when they throw them on the junk pile. They put them outside in the rain. They're in the barn somewhere where people have forgotten. And many of us feel, many of you feel that way. Well, I've felt that way. You know, you're out in the world and you're doing your thing. There comes a time when all of that stuff runs out. And you begin to wonder, why am I here? Why am I here? Am I just burning air? Somebody else could have this oxygen. And many take their lives. But I want to tell you today, as we begin this study, you are worth more than all the beauty that you see on the outside. All the marvelous buildings, all the jewels of of Tiffany, all of the um, uh, cars that you see that sold for millions of dollars. None of that is worth one breath that, that God has given you. He came. He redeemed all. What the issue is. Will you, will we accept the redemption that he's already provided? That's grace. When he pays for us, and he did pay for us. That's why the scripture says, he came so that all men might be saved. He wished that none would perish. But all will come into everlasting life. Let God restore you today. The book of Isaiah, chapter 54, verse number 1. Isaiah is talking to Israel, and he begins to speak to them about a better day, about a time that they will, where all of the wreckage, where because of their sins, Israel had had been sold into slavery, had been, uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar had come, the Chaldeans, the Romans had come, will come rather, not this time, but uh, the Persians came. Because the people would not serve God continually. When God would deliver them, they would praise him. They would thank him. But they soon forgot who he was. They soon forgot. And he did not bring, they did not remember that it was God that delivered them. It was God that brought them out. So here, Isaiah is talking to them. And he began to prophesy of a time when the restorer would come again to visit Israel. Isaiah 54, 1. Sing, O barren, thou that did not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud. 
thou that you did not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. So Isaiah begins to prophesy of a future time of blessing to where he said, I see you barren now. I see you broken now. You're broken in your finances. You're broken in your relationship. You're broken in your, um, in, 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 your, in your inner man where you have no peace. You're taking drugs. You're taking medication. To The pain, your body is broken with sickness or disease. Whatever your brokenness is, he's saying, God, he said, thou that did not travail with child. Now he's talking about uh, them as being a time, this, this time being that they will see a better day. He said, if you are barren and you are empty, if you, if where you look at your life and you, only thing you see is wreckedness, uh, uh, wreckage and wretchedness. And you look back and you see those things and you say within yourself, why am I living? Why am I here? What, what is, what can God do with me? And this is what the, the, the prophet Isaiah says. He says, there will come a time where there are more of the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife. He said, there's going to be a restoration. There's going to be, be a recovery. Second verse says, enlarge your place of thy tent. Stretch forth the stakes of your habitation. He says, spare not. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Isaiah is saying, have faith. He said, where are your expectations? It's not going to be this way always. And he says, enlarge your tent. He said, right now, in the natural, you don't have any money. You don't have any uh, hope. The only thing you've gotten is rejection. You're taking all this stuff to to calm calm your nerves. And he said, guess what? You are coming to a place of peace and a blessing and of abundance. Don't go by what you see. But look to God. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finish of our faith. This is what we can do. And but they didn't even, they had the promise of God. They had a promise. And we have a promise of a savior, of the grace of God, the love of God. And Isaiah was telling them, enlarge your tent. Increase your expectation. God spoke to you before he's, he was calling you then the same call he had for you when you was a teenager, the same call that he had uh, at, at, at the beginning of your marriage. He can have it right now that you can have peace, that you can have love, that you two come together and put it in the hands of God. Lay it at the feet of Christ and say, Jesus, here we are. We trust you to restore. We trust you to rebuild. We trust you, Lord. He says, enlarge the place of your tent. Enlarge your expectations. He says, stretch forth the curtains of your habitation. He says, make room. Get out of the box. Get out of that, 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 that group you've been with all this time. Well, the only thing they can see is nobody knows the trouble. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. The old country on the, uh, on the television, the old uh, country song of... Uh, uh, gloom, despair, and agony on me. You have to leave that group. You have to leave that connection. You have to break out. And the only way to break out is to break out by faith. And say, Lord, I trust you. I see You see what you're getting. 
If you keep doing the same old things, how can you expect a different result? If you keep saying the same thing, you keep hanging around the same folk, ain't no, nobody is going anywhere. I'm going to put it back like I was going to say it. Ain't nobody going nowhere, no time soon. It's been the same thing over and over and over and over. When are you going to get tired of doing the same thing, the same way, getting the same results? If you leave right now and you're living on the block and you make four right turns, you end up in the same spot. But sometimes, there's going to come a time you're going to take a left and say, you know what? I'm tired of this. And so Isaiah said, not only did I want you to lengthen your, lengthen, uh, enlarge your tent and, and uh, stretch your curtains, but he says, because of the abundance that's coming, he says, strengthen your cords. Lengthen your cords, rather, because there's more is coming. Better is coming. And we have to put our expectations there that God's going to do more. Exceedingly, abundantly above. More than you can ever ask or think. God is able to do that. But if you read on the rest of that scripture, it says, according to the power that works in us. I believe that's in the book of Ephesians 3, around 320. See, he can do it. He's already done it. But it's according to the power that works in you. How does the power of God work in us? Through faith. Through humility. Through us coming to him as a child. And say, Daddy, help. Daddy, I need help. Father, I need help. Then he goes in the third verse and says, For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left. He's saying, I'm going to wreck. Your habitation. I'm going to show you. It's going to, you're going to break forth at the seams. People will be able to look back at you and say, are you the same person? How did you were this way a little while ago? How did you get here? How did you? Because God works on the inside before you can see the manifestation on the outside. That's why Jesus said when you pray, he said go into your closet. Go and pray. Go, go and set yourself aside. Take some time out for God. Some relationship time. Be quiet with him. And let him talk to you. And your time with him will manifest out there. He'll take your ministry. The time that you treat people well. And that's how most uh, leadership promote. They watch you from afar. They watch you. Okay, how do they act when there's issues? How do they act when they are uh, there with their their um, people who are under underneath them? In other words, how do you treat the janitor? That's what most uh, leaders do now. Say, so, okay, how are you with your relationship? You may be the smartest person in the group. You may have the most ideas, but if you are wrecked with dealing with people. There would be a mistake to put you over anyone. If you can't get along with folks, you won't speak to anyone. I don't want to speak to them people. Ain't nobody. I just come make my money and leave. Okay, make your money. But if you aspire to have more, relationships are where people, people deal with folks who they get along with. Who wants to be in a relationship where, oh, oh I got to go there. I got to go to this restaurant. 
oh my God, they know the service is horrible. The food is good, but the service is horrible. They treat you wrong. They act like it's a privilege for me to come in. Who would want to go to a place like that? But let God work on your inside. If you let him fix your inside, man, he will, men will see your good works and they will glorify God in heaven because the works come from the inside. Everything you see on the outside is temporary. Your looks are temporary. Your hair going to get gray or you could die. There's going to come a time when your steps going to get a little slower than they are now. Everything changes. Everything. Even a rock will change over time. You just get a constant drip of water upon a rock. That drip of water, if it ever connects with a seed and a little bit of dirt, can split granite. A tree will grow in the middle of granite and, and split that block of granite if it just gets some water and some dirt. And if that seed gets water and dirt, is going to grow. It doesn't happen overnight, but it just starts growing because it's connected. It's gotten its relationship because the dirt in this earth was spoken to by God that it would bring forth. And it's been bringing forth for thousands of years and it's not going to stop now. That's the same way your heart is. Your heart needs the word. So many of you, you are dying because you are in a dead church. You're in a dead relationship. That's why you're in dead relationships. It don't say go in the corner and hide yourself, but you have to limit your time with dead folks. When things are dead, you don't go, people don't get it. Uh, they don't go jump in the casket with their dead relatives. You love them. You cherish the time you had with them. But when the time is up, you move on because you recognize they're gone on now. Well, guess what? You now recognize that there are some relationships that you're connecting with that are dead. You keep trying to connect with folks that are dead. Move on. Love them. Pray for them. Encourage them. But get the move. Get the stepping. Because if you stay in that relationship, you're going to die. And they, and, and they are already dead. They're either going to pull you to where they are or you're going to pull them to where you are. But what we have to do is to just recognize within ourselves that, you know what? I, Lord, I can't, I can't allow this to, to take me down. I can't allow this, Lord, to, to, to uh, uh, take over my thoughts and, my, and all the things that I know that you have for me. I know you have more for me than this. I know, Lord. Check your relationships. Who are you spending the most time with? Where is the Father in what you are doing? Don't let the cares of this life, don't let the, all the talks about recession and oh, uh, the, the, the recession is coming. Recession is coming. And just like back in the day of, of uh, when America was fighting for her independence and they knew that the British were coming and they had people to go and to warn them. Well, I'm going to tell you, the recession may, may come and may be already here, but it does not mean that you have to suffer in recession because of all that you see. Don't let what you see determine who God is in your life. God is the redeemer. He's the restorer. He will rescue. He will set free. He will pay your bond. He's already paid your bond. Will you receive it? 
There's so much more that we could, uh, we're going to get into as we talk about this this week. But I want you to know that as we get into Isaiah, that the restorer, the redeemer has already done everything. Everything that you will ever need is present right now. I pray that you receive it today and continue to study this word of God as we go into Christ, the redeemer, the restorer. And not only what he has done for us, but Jesus wants us to also. He wants, as Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. The same work of restoration and redemption that he did, he wants us to do. We are Christ in the earth now. We are God in the earth now. The world is hungry. They have no answers. They're trying everything that they possibly can do to bring an end to violence, to hatred, to racial uh, inequities. All these things we see, they, they have been in the world. The world doesn't have the answer. They can put, you just like an old car, you can throw paint on it. But unless you can restore it, if you don't fix the engine, if you don't repair the inside, if you don't put new tires on it, you don't clean it out so that the, it, can, it can breathe again and have life again. It'll just be a piece of junk, painted pretty, but it has no life. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you're with us today. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. For those, oh Lord, who are struggling with thoughts of the past and it may be, they may be in a dead relationship with his marital or uh, with their children, that things are broken, Lord, and haven't spoken in days and weeks and months. You are the restorer. I pray, Lord God, you said you've bounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Speak to your people even now. For those, O oh Lord, who are, who are caught between two opinions. Should I follow God or should I, should I continue in my old ways? Lord, we know your love is here. Your hand of, of, of redemption is extended toward them. I pray, Lord, for their heart. And their heart, O oh God, will be softened, Lord. But Jesus said, no man cometh unto me except my Father which is in heaven. Draw them. Thank you for being our Redeemer. Thank you for being our Restorer. For all the believers who hear this message, God, I pray, Lord, that they would claim their deliverance, claim their prosperity, claim their healing, claim that which you've already done. You don't need to heal. You've already healed us all. You've already blessed us all. You've already redeemed us all. We thank you for your blessing. We thank you for your word. And I pray you will join us again next time on Journeys in Grace. Be blessed.